我们就唱第一节还有第五节。Our Lord, we trust that you have a further word to speak to each one of us. 
可是当我们转向你的话语，我们真是相信你要向我们每个人说话。So we would like to entrust this time into your hands。我们真是把这个时间交在你的手中。And again, we are confessing that there will only be any value in this time if you are in it。我们真是要承认，若你不在我们当中，这一切都不算什么。Would you, Lord, take our almost nothing?我们真是求你，真是拿得着我们的时间。Our five loaves and two fishes，也得着我们的五饼二鱼。And we ask, what is this for such a great multitude?这个对这么众人来说算什么呢？And yet, Lord, we come and we put it in your hands。可是我们来把这些放在你手中。Would you somehow bless it, Lord?求你真是来祝福。Would you, Lord, impart yourself in this time? 求主真是将你自己在这里显现。Would you speak, Lord, those words of eternal life that only you have? 求主向我们说那永生的话。We ask these things for your own glory, Lord Jesus. 我们为着你自己的荣耀祈求。And we ask them in the name of our Lord Jesus. 我们也奉主耶稣的名祈求。Amen. We would like to begin this morning reading Psalm 90. 我们一起早上来读诗篇九十篇。If you would turn there with me. Actually, we are not going to read the whole psalm. We But most of it. So, uh, if you turn in Psalm 90,我们翻到诗篇第九十篇。Starting in verse 1. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you gave birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Verse 3. You turn man back into dust and say, Return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight. Are like yesterday when it passes by, or as a watch in the night. You have swept them away like a flood. They fall asleep. In the morning they are like grass which sprouts anew. In the morning it flourishes and sprouts anew. Toward the evening it fades and withers away. Verse 12. So teach us to number our days, that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. Do return, O Lord. How long will it be? And be sorry for your servants. O satisfy us in the morning with your loving kindness. That we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Yehohua,我们要等到几时呢?求你转回,为你的仆人后悔。求你使我们早早保得你的慈爱,好叫我们一生一世欢呼喜乐。求你照着你使我们受苦的日子和我们遭难的年岁,叫我们喜乐。
confirm the work of all of our hands. 求你仗着你使我们受苦的日子和我们遭难的年岁，叫我们喜乐。愿你的作为向你仆人显现，愿你的荣耀向他们子孙显明。愿主我们神的荣美归于我们身上，愿你坚立我们手所做的功，我们手
You are God. 他又说：“诸山未曾生出，地与世界你未曾造成，从亘古到永远，你是神。”That's how this wonderful song begins. everlastingness, the eternity of God, a contrast begins to be developed begins to be developed in the song. And in verse three he says, You turn man back into dust and say, Return, O children of man. Do you see the contrast? Our Lord eternal. And we probably an allusion here to the fall of man. Because we fell, naturally speaking, you are dust, and to dust you will return. In verse 5, there is this beautiful picture in three ways, in three different uh, kind of scenes. You see how the how our life is brief. Here are the three pictures. Moses says, You have swept them away like a flood. In other translations, like a torrent. That is our human life. In the eyes of the Lord, like a flood, like a torrent. Am I saying this right? Torrent or torrent? Torrent, right? And you, well, whatever is the word, uh, we're talking about something like the flash floods that are so common in the Middle East, in the Israel area. Sometimes rains falls in the mountains. And, and that water comes really fast. All of a sudden it feels those dry beds of those temporary rivers. When the flash floods comes, it comes super fast. It carries away anything in its path. Oftentimes, it is, it is a fact. Travelers that like to use the, the dry bed rivers for their traveling, they never have enough time to even realize that a torrent is coming behind them and they are swept and killed. And brothers and sisters, that's how the Holy Spirit, that is the picture that the Holy Spirit is using to compare our ears. He continues, the second picture is, and they fall asleep. Uh, I'm not sure what is your translation, but I find this one very unfortunate. 
A better one, perhaps, would be. Let me see, Darby, what it says. They are as asleep. And that is a much better picture of what is happening here. Did you ever have a good night of rest? I'm, I'm not talking those that you turn and toss. It's those that you fall like a stone, as they say. <laughs> Isn't it funny how it goes? Because it's whatever it is, 9 p.m., 10 p.m., you say, oh, I'm so tired, I'm going to bed. And if you have a really nice night of rest, before you know it, you're opening your eyes, oops, it's 8 a.m. already. That's it. <laughs> Do you get the picture? It goes so fast. We are not aware of how fast it's going. And the final picture, I'm still in verse 5. Moses says, In the morning, they are like grass that groweth up. And then he explains in verse 6. It's like he's comparing human life as a grass in the field. In the morning, it flourishes and sprouts anew. Toward evening, it fades and withers away. And the Holy Spirit uses that grass that sprouts in the morning and just less than 24 hours withers away. Actually, in that grass, when it flowers, there is tremendous beauty in it. And that's the picture of natural life. When we think about humanity, the best that human life can produce, we cannot deny that there are things of incredible, incredible beauty in it. Oh, but how brief is that beauty? How transitory is the whole thing? In the morning it sprouts, in the evening it fades away. Actually, dear brothers and sisters, we are reminded of what, the, what Solomon says in that little book, Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is a very, very interesting book in the Bible. Because it seems that the Lord is allowing a man to describe human life purely from the human point of view. And of course, the man selected for that task is no one else than the most, the wisest, the richest, the most powerful king in his day, Solomon. 
被选择来写这本书的呢，乃是那当时最有啊最有威严、最有智慧的王，就是所罗门王。So if you want someone to describe human life, you have to pick someone that is really qualified, that has a wide range of experiences in human life, and Solomon certainly was such a man. 如果你要一个人来描述人的生命，你你真是需要一位非常有智慧、非常聪明的人。那这样子的人就是所罗门。But then, when in that little book Ecclesiastes，啊，在这个传道书中，when he describes human life，啊，当他描述人的生命，he pretty soon in that book he reaches to a conclusion。啊，他在那书里就提到一个结论。And there is a refrain in the book of Ecclesiastes that repeats over and over and over. 在这个传道书里面好像有一个有一个他一直在重复的。And that refrain, of course, is vanity of vanities. Everything under the sun, all things are vanity. 他一直重复的就是虚空，虚空，一切在太阳光之下都是虚空。Well, brothers and sisters, our psalm, in a sense, reminds us very clearly of that refrain. 弟兄姐妹,我们这个诗篇也提醒我们关于这个被重复的事。Moses, by the Holy Spirit, when he considers human life, the condition of human life, he's pretty much arriving at the same conclusion.摩西,当他描述人的生命的时候,他也得到相同的结论。And very interesting, simply knowing those things do not, does not necessarily help us.你单单知道这些事, See, if you realize, if by God's grace you get to say, well, my life is so short. My life is like, it begins today, tomorrow is gone. What would you do? You know, one would expect that we would learn some lessons out of that and we would have a certain course of action that is informed by that fact. Unfortunately, that is not always the case, or normally that is not the case. We didn't read the whole song. But in the verses that we omitted this morning, you see how he describes human condition under God's wrath. So human life is not only something incredibly brief. Incredibly transient. But because of our sin, because of our flesh, there is something in it that fundamentally displeases the Lord. 可是因着我们人的罪跟人的肉体，我们在基本上就呃不讨神的喜悦。And even knowing the brevity of our life in itself does not have the power to change that condition that displeases the Lord.哦，你单单认识到人生命的短暂，啊，你不能够解决怎么样能够不讨神的喜悦。Well, brothers and sisters, at the end of this year, I Hope I don't have to elaborate any longer on this. That indeed, our time is passing by really fast. 弟兄姐妹，我们现在在年尾，我们真是不需要重复这个我们生命是如何快的过去。What should we do then? 那我们应当如何行呢? Thank the Lord because there is in this song. I don't want to give you the impression that there is something 
dark and hopeless because by the Lord's mercy he left us a key and we find it very clearly in this song. 可是我们感谢主，好像在这个黑暗又绝望的诗篇里头，神又给我们一个钥匙。There is actually a point in the psalm which is a turning point.哦，在这诗篇当中有一个转捩点。Actually, I remember brother Daniel recently he shared with us in this verse.哦，我还记得我们最近前一阵子，呃，Daniel弟兄他有跟我们分享。And of course, I'm referring to verse twelve.哦，我就在讲第十二节。When you find that in this turning point, you find a prayer that Moses makes to the Lord. And essentially, it's as if Moses is under that realization of the brevity of life, of our condition uh, that naturally displeases the Lord, and he turns to the Lord with a wonderful prayer, which is a key. 摩西他认识到生命的短暂，他也认识到我们我们是何等不讨神的喜悦，他就用借着这个祷告，他能够转向神。If you return to verse twelve, which I'm referring to, I'll read it again. 我们可以翻到第十二节。It says, "So teach us to number our days, that we may present to you a heart of wisdom." 求你指教我们怎样数算自己的日子。and this is a wonderful prayer. Teach us to number our days. That we may present to you a heart of wisdom. I think that again the translation I'm using is probably not the best. Other translations we put it. Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. But in any case, this is like the turning point in this song. When Moses realizes how fast life's life is going. That the Sands of time are indeed sinking. This is the prayer he offers to the Lord. And in a sense, it's a quite, it's a very curious uh, prayer to ask. You know, it's it's interesting because in the book of Acts, we read that Moses was one that by upbringing he was educated. In all the sciences and knowledge of the Egyptians. And one thing that we know today is that those Egyptians back then, they were really good at math. They had such an advanced technology. I believe, and I may be wrong at this, but I believe geometry. It's, they, are, they are the inventors. It's their credit. So the surprising thing here is that why would Moses ask the Lord, Lord, teach us to number our days? Certainly Moses was very well versed in the math of the Egyptians. He knew how to count very well. He knew how to number things. 
behind this prayer, there is an implication. See, if I turn to my brother and say, Brother, you know, I have no idea how to cook. Would you please teach me how to cook? 如果我问我的弟兄说我不知道怎么样做菜,你可不可以教我怎么做? When you ask someone to teach you, the implication is this, is double. First, I, who I'm requesting, I don't know how to do it. But you, the one to whom I'm requesting is, you know how to do it. 当你向人家祈求的时候呢,有两个意思,第一就是我不知道如何做,所以我求你,第二就是你知道如何做。And when Moses asked the Lord, makes this petition, this supplication to him, that is exactly the implication here. 当摩西如此地跟神祷告的时候,这就是这个意思。He said, Lord, I don't know how to number my days. You know, I may know math, I may know how to count, but my natural knowledge is not enough in these matters. 摩西就是在跟神说,我知道怎么样算数,可是这个是自然的生命,我不知道如何数算,所以求你教导我们如何数算。But Lord, you know how to do it, and I'm turning to you. 可是主,你知道如何数算,所以我转向你。Would you teach me how to number my days? 你是否可以教导我如何数算自己的日子? And when you do that, Lord, my heart the attitude in my heart will be transformed. I will have, I will attain, or I will apply my heart unto wisdom. Well, brothers and sisters, uh, I would like to give you an example of these things. I'm reminded that many years ago, our dear brother Christian, he gave us an example of these matters that really stuck with me. I would like to share it with you in a simple way. Because it reveals something about how the Lord knows to do, what is His way of numbering that we do not know. We need Him to instruct us. 因为主有他自己数算的方法,我们需要他来教导我们。So, that said, let me let me give you this this example, and it's a kind of discrepancy in the Bible. So let's turn to two passages to try to understand this. And the first one is First Kings chapter six. First Kings chapter six. We'll read verse one. It says, Now it came about in the four hundred and eightieth year after the sons of Israel came out of the land of Egypt. Uh, and it continues, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, in the month of Ziv, which is the second month, that he began to build the house of the Lord. So the record here, obviously, is, is when the construction of the temple, of the house of the Lord, began. 
And the historian that is recording this is giving us all the time references that are related to this. This happened 480 years after the children of Israel left Egypt. And that point in time happened to be the, the beginning of the fourth year of Solomon's reign. So, of course, you're talking about numbering, counting. You have to do a little math here. I'm sorry about that, if you don't like. That was our brother, right? So, you know, uh, thank the Lord. I, I think you'll go, uh, you'll go along here. Uh, I would like you to keep in mind that number, 480 years. Now, when you turn to Acts chapter 13, if you turn to verse 18, I'll just give you the summary of what's happening, the, the background. Actually, this is the first preaching of the gospel that we have recorded of the Apostle Paul. And he is in Antioch, uh, uh, in Asia Minor, not the Antioch, the main city in Syria. He is in that place preaching the gospel in a synagogue. And as he does that, he's going to recount a little bit the history of the people of Israel. And starting in verse 18, I just want to go over a little bit of his recounting of the history. Acts 13, verse 18. For a period of, of about 40 years, he put up with them in the wilderness. He's talking about how the Lord, the, the 40 years in the wilderness, after the children of Israel left Egypt. Verse 19, when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he distributed their land as an inheritance, all of which took about for 450 years. 既灭了迦南地七族的人,就把那地分给他们为业,此后给他们设立士师约有四百五十年。Verse 20, after these things, he gave them judges unto Samuel the prophet, and they asked for a king, and God gave them Saul the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for forty years. And verse 22, after he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king. And I'm reading just the beginning of 22. 此后给他们设立士师约有四百五十年，直到先知撒马尔撒母尔的时候，后来他们求一个王，神就将便雅悯支派中基士的儿子扫罗给他们做王四十年。We know that Solomon is the one that comes after David. 我们知道，呃，在大卫之后是扫扫罗门。Now I I ask you to remember that number from First Kings, four hundred eighty years. That's the time according to Kings. That elapsed from the children of Israel leaving Egypt until the beginning of the construction of the temple. 480 years. And that period includes the 40 years, it begins with the 40 years in the wilderness, 
Then you have the time of the when they enter Canaan, the time of the judges. And then you have the reign of Saul and the reign of David. That is the period. So, now it's very interesting if you just add up the years that are recorded in Acts chapter 13 the number doesn't quite match the number in 1 Kings. In 1 Kings it says 480 years between leaving Egypt and the beginning of the construction of the temple. But in Acts, if you add up, it says, well, 40 years in the wilderness, Plus 450 years of the period of the judges, and then you have the reign of Saul and the reign of David. We are told here that Saul he reigned for 40 years, so no problem there. And we know very clearly from other scriptures that David's reign is another 40 years. So if you add all that, I hope the math is not too much, but here it is. In, according to Acts, you have 40 years of the wilderness plus 450 plus 40 of Saul, 40 of David, 570 years. And then you have to add three more years of the of the beginning of the reign of Solomon, right? So the numbers according to Acts between leaving Egypt and the beginning of the construction of the temple are 573 years. How do you reconcile the record of 480 years versus 573 years in the other place. Pretty different, aren't it? To be more precise, there is exactly 93 years of discrepancies between the two records. How do you understand that? Well, it's very simple, brothers and sisters. Uh, Do you remember the prayer that Moses prayed to the Lord? He said, Lord, teach me to number. My teachers to number our days. And somehow he is implying, Lord, you have a way of numbering things that I do not understand. Uh, I need to learn your way of numbering things. And if you remember that, then it becomes very simple to understand why do you have this discrepancy between those two accounts in 1 Kings and in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, we would say, that Paul is given us the straight historical record from a human point of view. And you have indeed 573 years between leaving Egypt and the beginning of the construction of the temple. 
保罗在使徒行传里面讲到的乃是从一个人的角度看这个历史从他们离开埃及一直到建耶和华的殿。But the book of Kings is different。所以一共是573年，可是在列王记上不一样。There you have the divine estimate of how many years actually God is counting。可是那里呢？ 这四百八十年乃是神的一个神的日子。What happened to the 93 Well, brothers and sisters, it's quite simple. If you remember the book of Judges, 你如果记得四世纪, there we find the accounts of how the children of Israel often they rebelled against the Lord. Oftentimes they would fall in idolatry. And instead of making the Lord the center of their lives, they would follow other gods, they would follow themselves. Now it's most wonderful because in the book of Judges, you have a very accurate year account of all the periods that the children of Israel were under the oppression of foreign enemies. And I'm getting ahead of myself. Because of their idolatry, because of their unfaithfulness to the Lord, the Lord would in His love, actually, Allow the children of Israel to be under the oppression of the enemy. And you have a very accurate numeric account, year accounts of how many years they spend under the oppression. Of the enemy because of their unfaithfulness. Well, I cannot do that. If you, it's a very simple math to do. I cannot do it because of time, but I can tell you the result. Do you want to take a guess of how many years the book of Judges record of the people of Israel being under the oppression? Of foreign powers because of their unfaithfulness? It is exactly 93 years. Brothers there has to be some spiritual reason for that. And I think when we read the book of Judges, it's abundantly clear. There is a refrain in the book in the book of Judges. Actually, the last, the very last verse in the book of Judges says this, which is the refrain that occurs multiple times in the book. This is how the book of Judges ends, and is a summary of that period. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. 
那时以色列中没有王,个人任意而行。No wonder, there is so much confusion in that book. 所以在那个书里头有许多的混乱。No wonder, for 93 years, they were under the oppression of the enemy. 在有93年之久,他们在敌人的掌握底下。But going back to numbering our days, do you see the point here? 可是我们回到这个数算我们自己的年日,你可以看到吗? The days when we live our lives without a king in our lives. The days when we just do what is right in our own eyes. The days when we fall in idolatry, we love the world. Every day that the sovereignty of the Lord Jesus is not a reality in my life and in your life. In the divine estimate, those days don't count. They are lost, lost years. Do you see the point when we go back to our song? Do you understand where Moses is coming from when he says, Lord, teach us to number our days? It's almost as if he's saying, Lord, help me to live in such a way that my days will count in your presence. Is Moses admitting, Lord, if I just live by myself, if I just go about my life doing what what it pleases me, I know that that is not going to count in your sight. Teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Well, brothers and sisters, at the end of this year, it seems to me how much we need to learn this lesson, all of us. It is true, time is going like this, fast. But it's more than that. We don't know how much time we have left. That is, that is another thing. 2017 is a kind of unbelievable year. Do we realize that? Do we realize that we are living in, in times that are not like business like usual? Do you remember that one time when the Pharisees asked the Lord for a sign? Our Lord Jesus rebuked them. Our Lord said to them, Well, you know how to look at the sky and figure out what is going to be the weather. Oh, it's going to be good weather because it's kind of a light reddish. Oh, no, today is going to be really bad because it's a very dark red. We're having a storm. And you remember what the Lord told them? You know how to discern the times, the, the weather, and you do not know what time we live, spiritual time. 
what is God's calendar? Dear brothers and sisters, I hope we realize that we are not in regular days. And I'm saying this at the very end of a year that seems absolutely amazing. The other day I was reading something about the year. And um, I was really struck to see how many worsts we had in this year. Uh, I have a very, very incomplete list, list here. The worst hurricane season on record on this country. Uh, I don't want to get lost in technicality. It depends on what is the metric you're looking for. In several metrics, it is definitely the worst hurricane season on record in the United States. As the majority of you, I'm pretty new in this country. I've been here for less than 20 years. But even in that short period, I know very well we never had something even remotely close to what happened this year. I'm not even mentioning Harvey. Which Harvey, you know, they, they say... Okay, let, let me step back. They say that there were never more than two category four or above hurricanes striking this country in the same year. For sure, this happened this year. And this doesn't count Harvey. It's Harvey, I think it was like a category three or something. I'm talking, is the one that hit Houston. And yet, brothers and sisters, as I was reading something about it, they say the following Harvey is a rain event that happens like once every a thousand years. Like this country is too young to even have a scale to understand what is the intensity of what happened. The worst fire events in California. In Canada, I believe they had the worst. I don't know if it's this year or the last one. The worst mass shooting in modern history in this country. Do you remember that? And brothers and sisters, all this compressing like it was like two or three months. It seems everything like compressed. And I'm not even mentioning the signs in the heavens. You, you know, you remember that, do you? Uh, the worst this, the worst that, the worst the other. It seems that this year was filled with that. 
Now, brothers and sisters, this reminds me of our Lord Jesus when he speaks in the in the prophetic sermon. Because our Lord speaks of the signs that precede his second coming. And the comparison that he makes is with the woman that is about to give birth. Our Lord says that in some translations the word is the beginning of the travel. And the idea is very simple. He's just comparing his, his second coming with a birth. Now, every sister that gave birth, you will know very well how it goes. Because when you enter into labor, you begin to have contractions. And most of the times, the first contractions there. The pain is moderate. It's not something too intense. And in the beginning of labor, there is another thing. The space between contractions is kind of, you know, it varies, but usually there is an, a decent amount of space of time between them. But the closer you get to actual birth, Two things happen. The pains become more intense. And the, the pains become more frequent. What do you what would you say about 2017? Do you see pains more intense? In every it is whether it is political situation, it is murder levels, do you see the intensity getting higher? Do you see the frequency of these things faster? Teach us to number our days. It's not just brothers and sisters that time is going so fast. That is one aspect, yes. But it's also, we do not know how much time we have left. That said, dear brothers and sisters, how much we need to learn the lesson that Moses learned and, and to offer to the Lord the prayer that Moses offered in this song. Teach us to number our days. Lord, teach me to live in such a way that my days would count in your presence and not be just wasted. Teach me to apply my heart unto wisdom. It is wonderful because 
As I told you, verse 12 is indeed a turning point in that wonderful song. And you see that once he offers these prayers, things change. The, the whole tone of the psalm changes. It is as if when he offers that prayer in the psalm, it is as if the Lord is responding almost like immediately. And you see that everything that follows that is such a change comparing to the first half of the psalm. What are the results, brothers and sisters, of learning from the Lord how to number our days? What is the result when, by the Lord's grace, we learn to live in such a way? When our days count in His presence and, and are, are not simply wasted. Well, the first thing is we will start pursuing what really matters. Do you see that the first thing He says in verse 13 after that prayer is, Return, O Lord. How long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. I'm reading Darby. Uh, uh, oh, it's, see, it is not, how can I put it? Before we learn by his grace how to live in such a way that our days count before him, it seems that the Lord has departed from us. If we are living like the think on the days of the judges, if we are living like in those days when the sovereignty of the Lord is not real in our lives, or we are loving the world or loving idols, it seems as if the Lord has departed from us. Of course, we know that in reality, that is not what happened. In reality, we departed from Him. If we live in such a way where we do not make our days count in His presence. Do you remember what the Lord says in the book of Isaiah? But your iniquities have made separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden His face. It's not He that departed. We are the ones by our ways that sometimes cause the Lord to withdraw. And he has to wait for us. And as soon as we start to learn how to number our days, the first thing we will say is, O Lord, return. Lord, my, my life doesn't make any sense apart from you. Would you return, Lord? Cause me to return to you. And 
And he continues in verse 14. He says, Satisfy us early with thy loving kindness. 第十四节，他说：“求你使我们早早保得你的慈爱。” what a sure sign of someone that has is beginning to learn how to number his days before the Lord. 哦，这真是一位呃认识他如何能够每一天都能够呃在神的眼中看为。Do you want to know if you are if you are numbering your days the way the Lord numbers? 啊，你是否嗯愿意知道你是否你的年日都是？ a very simple and sure sign is this who is your satisfaction what is your satisfaction satisfy us early with thy loving kindness is Moses saying Lord apart from you I'll never be satisfied. That's a sign of someone that is learning how to number his days. And at the end of verse 14, he, he adds, he says, Satisfy us with your loving kindness that we may sing for joy and be glad all of our days. 十四节，求你使我们早早保得你的慈爱，好叫我们一生一世欢呼喜乐。We said at the beginning of this song, you see the echoes of the book of Ecclesiastes。呃，我们在这个诗篇的开始，我们提到，我们可以看到，呃，在传道书里头的一些信息。Vanity of vanities。啊，虚空，虚空。All things are vanity。啊，一切是虚空。It's most wonderful. I think it was Brother Lance that told us one time. He made this kind of Observation. You know, it's the Lord put two books right in the middle of the Bible, side by side. Ecclesiastes and the next one, you remember which one? Song of Songs. Ecclesiastes speaks of human life, natural human life, from purely the human perspective, and indeed, it is vanity. Emptiness. Emptiness of emptiness. How about Song of Songs? There you have the description of someone that is occupied, a Shulamite, whose goal, whose whole pursuit is the king himself. 我们在雅各里面看到那个苏拉命女，她完全的追求，她唯一的追求就是那个啊王。And do you see the contrast? Ecclesiastes, human life, natural human life by itself, vanity of vanities, emptiness of emptiness. 你看到这个对比吗？在传道书里头，完全是人的角度来看人的生命，是完全一切的虚空。But what if what if our life is the pursuit? Of the Lord Jesus. What if our life is centered in a love, living relationship with Him? How do you describe that life? A song of songs. Vanity of vanities versus song of songs. Uh, do you see this in our psalm? 
Moses spends more than half of the song describing vanity of vanities, the brevity, transitoriness of this life. But after that wonderful prayer, he says, Satisfy us in your loving kindness, that we may sing for joy and be glad all of our days. What are all the results from learning from the Lord how to number our days? Verse 16. Let thy work appear unto thy servants. Now that's an interesting phrase. Uh, Let thy work appear unto thy servants. What is the work of the Lord in this day and age, in the life of his redeemed? Uh, we could describe this in various ways, but I'll give you one of the descriptions that we find in the New Testament about what is God's work in the life of His redeemed. allow Paul to give you that summary. What is God doing in your lives? Recently we have a brother come sharing with us why does the Lord keep us down on earth? Wouldn't it be much better if He just saved us and take us to be with Him? What is His work in your life and in mine today? Paul says in Romans chapter 8, For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to become conformed to the image of the Son. Uh, Do you see the Lord's work in your life and in mine, even today? Uh, Not just to save you, to forgive your sins and mine, which in ourselves is so beyond us, so wonderful in itself, but it's so much more than that. Uh, uh, He's working to conform you to the image of the Son. That is the work. And and so Moses says, Let thy work appear unto thy servants. And in verse 17, the last verse of the psalm, the prayer goes, And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. When we cooperate with that work that the Lord is doing to conform us to the image of the Son, how would you describe it? Let me give you a hint. We spoke of Song of Songs. Let me use another verse from there. In one verse in Song of Songs, 
when the Shulamite is describing her beloved. She says, He's the fairest among ten thousand. That is how the Holy Spirit describes our Lord Jesus. Now, if we cooperate with God in His work to make us like His Son, to conform us to the image of the one who is the fairest among ten thousand. What is going to happen? The beauty of the Lord will be upon us, which is the, the prayer here at the end of the song. So, dear brothers and sisters, at the close of this year, I would like to encourage all of us, starting from myself, as time is going by so fast, and as frankly we have no idea how much is left. It seems indeed that the day of our redemption is drawing nigh. Let me ask you, shouldn't be this the day when we ask the Lord to teach us how to number our days? If the Lord tarries, and if we have another year, May he graciously give us such a heart before him, even a heart that asks what Moses asked in this song. Teach us how to number our days. Let's have a cup of prayers as the Lord leads.